0: Great song from Kerry Clarkson, she is invincible. Now it's featured interviews with Grammy-winning artists who've worked with the likes of Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson and The Prodigy. It's been featured in national newspapers and written about by Cheryl Crow. And after just a few months, is already in the top 10% of podcast listenership on the whole planet. To find out all about it, I'm joined by Chris Simpson, who is the founder of the Stage Left podcast. Chris, a very good morning to you. Morning, Alan. How's it going? I right? need to, I'm, I'm all right, thank you. I need to start by owing you an apology though, I think, because I, I keep calling it a blog. It's not a blog, it's a podcast,
1: they're completely different
0: things. I wouldn't, One want, any to.
1: To th- I wouldn't want any of you to think I'm just sitting in a bedroom writing a load of rambling blogs. <laughs> I'm <laughs> or, so, sure you're so, um, not. Yeah, I'm no, sure it's, it's, not. Yeah, it's, a, it's a podcast, uh, which is essentially a, a series of uh, audio documentaries featuring one-to-one interviews. Brilliant. Well,
0: we'll talk about them in, in just a moment, but but before we do that, Chris, tell us something about your own
1: background. Okay, so I mean, I've been in kind of a band and and played played music for kind of fifteen years, and um, I, you know, it's very hard to break obviously into the music industry, um, and. What I, did, I was in a band we did we did kind of cool, cool stuff for, for a few years but at the age of 25 I went and did a, a professional musicianship degree uh, in Brighton and um, what I found is that there's just so many great musicians out there who've got so many stories to tell and, and so many people who've, who've achieved amazing things um, who often you wouldn't know them by kind of either name or, or recognise you know you could be sitting next to them on the tube and they played Wembley Stadium and stuff like that you know so,
0: so. these are people that in the business you'd, you'd call session musicians
1: yeah Absolutely, or or actually, members of full time members of bands um, who, who've done amazing stuff, but don't just happen to be the kind of in the limelight yet in the, the limelight. Yeah, lime yeah, absolutely.
0: Because it does tend to be one or two names in in a in a band who who are the people who everybody knows and who are sort of the public, you know, the the, the, the famous names, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And what I found is, um, uh, is for, I was very lucky for for a decade. And um, my my uh, father in law, my now father in law, he. Um, I won't say how he got them but he used to be able to get all access all area passes to a very well-known large-scale festival uh, not too far away from here. Right. Um and uh what what ended up happening what ended up happening was that where I um was kind of in a band and I wanted to know about breaking into the music industry. I was I was had this fantastic opportunity of meeting some of my heroes and and, and meeting a lot of people who were kind of really at the top of their game. And um what I noticed is when they were coming off stage um like all the kind of <laughs> perhaps groupies or or, or people who are are fans who had also these passes were just always going to the singer or always going to the front man or front one or two people as you you rightly say and I noticed that you could actually have some quite in-depth conversations with people who've just headlined like a big festival um, if you just instead went to the keyboardist or the drummer or the the bassist Um, so that's kind of that kind of planted the seed for for what Became the stage of podcast.
0: So then you you, you created the uh, the podcast. Is it is it aimed at people generally who are interested in music, or are you specifically targeting people who are perhaps looking to break into to the business professionally themselves? And
1: um, it's it's both those sets of people, and it's also fans of the specific artists that um, have been uh, a kind of working um, or, or sp- fans of the sp- uh, specific artists who the who the person who's featured has worked with. Um, so it's it's I think that's why it's getting a lot of listenership because You know, you do have young musicians listening into the to the episodes and kind of really kind of finding out the working practices of the greats. You know, Um, it's not really a gossipy kind of podcast, so it's more kind of um, in depth about. Okay, obviously you mentioned one episode was uh, with with a guy called Shane Keith who was Elvis Presley's keyboardist, and so it's not too much about him. Kind of, what's it like being on tour with Elvis? It's more about, okay, so how did the cues work? How did you know when to start songs? Because Elvis very famously would just start singing you know blue suede shoes or something like that um and uh the the band had to come in and play but what, what you found out from listening to the podcast was that um he actually when he was doing all his kung fu moves on stage they were actually his cues to the band and he said when he does his final punch that's when the band comes in
0: wow that is amazing because as, as an ordinary punter that's just something you wouldn't even think about you wouldn't think you just take these things for granted uh, but there's a lot to it obviously to to performing particularly when musicians come together and uh, whether i suppose as a solo singer with a with a backing uh, g- group or, or or whatever that that's uh, you know it doesn't just just all happen like that does it so y- y- you're aiming this at at, at a, a wide variety of people but but looking at the you know the real sort of the t- technicality of, of of how things happen as well and, and i know that yeah. these these aren't sort of five minutes sort or of soundbite interviews are they they're, they're really sort of in depth um you know people have really given you a lot of time which is which is which is tremendous and also i noticed on your your website that uh, you want it to be something of a legacy for for, for the families and, and friends of of the people you've interviewed as well
1: absolutely i felt that um you know give give you an example when i was kind of doing my degree a lot of the people who were uh, tutors there were people who had been again done great stuff and you kind of be sitting in sitting in the pub with them and it's just like oh they tell this story about how they supported stone roses in in japan or you know one guy i'm not going to name him but you know he, his, his band were the only band that oasis ever opened for so that oasis supported his band and you know he didn't want to kind of wear that on his sleeve and tell everybody all that. And I was thinking, you know, your family, you know, growing up, they, they should know that. Do you know what I mean? You know, that's that's your kind of posterity and stuff. That's, that's incredible. Um, and that kind of really made me realise that these stories need to be told, you know, just because you don't recognise them, you know, uh, for being the most famous celebrity as such. These people have achieved... The kind of ambitions and dreams of a lot of young musicians. You know, they've played huge stadiums, they've been on tour with the greats, they've written or collaborated with some of, you know, the most legendary musicians there are, so I think it's important to tell their story and give them the spotlight. Doesn't get much bigger than Elvis or or, or Michael Jackson does it? Absolutely, yeah, I mean that's uh, th- there were a couple of great um, Phillips that I managed to get there, yeah.
0: You've got uh, is it eight podcasts you've already got in
1: the bag already? I've recorded uh, oh god, good question uh, about 16 and I think eight or nine have been released and they're yeah. absolutely free to to listen to absolutely free so you can listen to them on um, com. they're free to listen to you can download on itunes um obviously it's on all, all you know if you just type it into the internet it'll come up straight away and um, obviously on facebook we've got a twitter account and stuff like that so they're easy to find very easy to find i managed to do it so if i can do it then you can do it <laughs> as we well go. um and you've got
0: one coming out, a new one coming out next week.
1: Yeah, so Monday's episode is with a guy called uh, Mike Farrell who um, is, uh, or has been playing with Morrissey for a, a number of years. But he also, uh, he's, he's had an incredible career because not only has he played with Morrissey, but he was also Alanis Morissette's uh, keyboardist. Um, and uh, he's actually now um, the American Idol uh, musical director. And so it kind of got very interesting towards the end of the interview. Um, I kind of asked asked a bit of a loaded question towards the end, which was we talked about the artistic integrity a lot of uh, Alanis Morissette and Morrissey, and he talks about tour. He was musical director for Macy Gray, who supported David Bowie. So he talks about being on tour with David Bowie and stuff, and what he learned from that. Um, And so then to be the musical director on American Idol, which obviously produces a very different type of musician. um, I kind of asked him if. if that was a slight contradiction, given that there's an argument that perhaps... Um, You're
0: choosing your words very carefully, right I am, I you? am,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, is is a show like American Idol stifling the new Morrissey or the new yeah. Alanis Morissette? Can someone be that kind because of... Because it's putting people very much in a particular commercial mould. A- absolutely, and, and obviously the main thing is that a lot of the musicians from there aren't allowed to write their own songs. They're not allowed, yeah. allowed to have kind of their own freedom. It's very much kind of... You do X, Y, and Z, and then you will be, uh, you'll have a number one album. And
0: did he walk out of the interview at that
2: point? He gave a
1: great answer. He gave a great answer. And uh, I left it to the final question, actually, just just in (laughs) case that didn't happen. I tend to do that as well. Oh, okay. I can't wait for whatever (laughs) that's going to (laughs) be.
0: Well, very much looking forward to finding out how he responded to that so we can can pick that up. Were you releasing that on Monday?
1: That's going to be up um, Monday morning. I, I normally, a lot of people listen to podcasts on their commute into work. So, So I normally put a new episode up about kind of between seven and half seven in the morning. Brilliant. And we're actually going to hear Mike Farrell uh, now, in fact, with uh, with Morrissey. So it's keyboards that that Mike. Yeah, this is him playing keyboards on a a total classic uh, Smith song. Um, And he was a big fan of the Smiths as well. So he talks about what an honour it was to actually play on this song.
2: But then a strange fear with me and I just couldn't ask Take me out tonight Oh, take me anywhere, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care I'm wrong.
0: That is the brilliant Morrissey, along with Mike Farrell on the keyboards there. Mike Farrell was interviewed by my guest this morning, Chris Simpson, for his Stage Left podcast.
1: Working with eccentric characters, um, you must have worked with some... Are there any classic stories you want to share at this stage, or are you going to save it for your book? No. um, I remember the first day that I got an
0: audition for Oasis, I wasn't really a fan, I'm a softy southerner, you know, mm-hmm. and I got the call, I went in to the studio in London and met Noel again, oh I know, mean, you're doing blah blah blah, okay, we, went, we did a song, um, and li- at my peripheral vision, Liam comes through the door, and this is the height of the madness. this is 97, this he have not slept for like 8 years or something <laughs> He comes in, and you know, all I knew about him was what I read in the newspapers. And he comes in, and when you when you play a Hammond of B3 or C3, you often play it on this bench seat, which is a long seat there's room for two people. And he comes to sit right. Ca- As I was playing, he came and sat right next to me, very close to me. And you know, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to punch me or something. This <laughs> ginger-haired, yeah. strawberry blonde, actually, yeah. officially. Yeah. You know, you know, who knows what You know. And at the end of the song, and I was like, oh, I love Mr. Gallagher. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. That's uh, Mike Rowe, keyboardist, chatting with my guest this morning, Chris Simpson, about his experiences working with Oasis. Just wanted to play that, Chris, just give a little bit of a flavour for uh, for what your podcasts sound like. You've done um, quite a few so far, as we, we were saying.
1: Who yeah. else have you interviewed? Well, I mean, we've we, I was very lucky how, how that came about. So I'll, I'll just go back to, to, to Mike. Yeah, he, sure. He, he was the first episode and I totally lucked out with that. I, I sent him a message saying I was going to Paris anyway to see Noel Gallagher play. And I just said, I've got this idea for a podcast. Would you be up for it? And then I just got this message saying, yeah, let's go for a coffee in Paris. And it was like, oh, wow. OK, I've actually got to do something now. And um, we met and he was such a great guy. And he really love the the concept of the podcast and what happened why that was such a big deal is that that was recorded the week they were number 1 in the UK charts which meant when i then approached other people my kind of pitch to them was yeah, i've already interviewed this guy and uh, you know the week they were number 1 in the UK charts and off the back of that um i just uploaded it onto the internet didn't expect it to kind of be listened to too much and mike actually also worked with shell crow and completely unprompted, Sheryl um, Crow had listened to it and kind of written a piece about it and shared it to all her Facebook and Twitter fans which kind of amounted to about 1.6 million people and this was three days after I launched it and I really didn't know what I was doing and um, it was like wow okay things just got real and um, it was great because she even worked out how I hadn't even worked out at that stage how to have the play button for the SoundCloud you know on, on, the, uh, on the on on the the Twitter feed and stuff like that and she did that all and had the photo on there and stuff and it was great and what that meant was when I started approaching other people we started getting a lot of yeses straight away and so the next episodes with Lauren who was Paul McCartney's guitarist in Wings um, and uh, has played with three of the four Beatles um, and has won two Grammys as a, as a guitarist and solo artist himself. And that's a really fascinating listen. I mean, he he was with Paul McCartney when... Uh, before and after, when uh, John Lennon um, sadly got uh, well, he was murdered, wasn't he? And so, it's a really interesting vantage point on how Paul reacted to that, um, not in a kind of intrusive way, but just kind of how that affected his kind of artistic creativity and that kind of thing. And that was uh, that's what the uh, you know that was a bit of musical history that we managed to get from that second episode. And of course, from there, we've had people, as we mentioned earlier, Shane Keyser, Elvis's keyboardist. Um, one episode that was really popular was um actually Paul Gallagher who's Liam and Noel's brother and that ended up in the national papers because he said a couple of controversial things and stuff like that and uh, and that was just the stuff I kept in um that was such a funny episode that was really entertaining and um it, it was more about the perspective of right here's these two guys Liam and Noel who are just from you know ordinary family and obviously the the mass hysteria and kind of uh, there was a point where it was really kind of blew up and you know, it was kind of really huge for them and how that how, how he viewed that and uh, how that affected him and stuff like that and that's a really interesting episode as well. I mean, I guess
0: the thing is that you're looking to to
1: to, to talk about things that don't get
0: covered in the in the papers and in, in you know in, in the in the popular you know
1: glossy press. Um, Absolutely, yeah.
0: Normally, which is what makes it so fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it. it I, uh I'm actually I've, I'm actually preparing for one I'm doing on Tuesday and a li- some of its a little controversial. one of the first things I've said is you know, if you don't want to go on to this subject it's fine but it won't be covered in a kind of red top Newspaper mm-hmm. way, you know, um, th- there is a reason for it, and um, I think as you mentioned earlier, I mean, the episodes they last about forty-five minutes on average, and people are giving me my time, giving me that their time, um, and I think it's because we're kind of delving a bit deeper, and um, you know, focusing so on It's how probably it...
0: very refreshing for them to be able to talk to somebody who's actually interested in 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 that depth of 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 understanding of what they're actually doing, and and actually, I suppose, really, what it is 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 perhaps the tabloid press they want the story they know what they want and they're going for it and 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 their subject, as it were, has to fit in with what they want. But you've sort of turned that on its head, I suppose, which is what makes it so much more interesting.
1: And you get the freedom to do that in a podcast. There's no, um, you know, it's my own projects, It's my own things. And I'm not kind of reporting to anybody else or I haven't got an editor or anything like that. So it's my edit. It's how I see it.
0: And the fact that you had such an amazing launch and a reaction to that from the likes of Cheryl Crow says what sort of, you know, what sort of approach people in the business are taking to you and to the podcast so you know all credit uh, all credit to you. you you said earlier chris that one of the things you want to do and, and one of the groups of people you're you're aiming it at particularly not not exclusively but 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 you want to help people who are in the business or want to break into the business professionally Does. Does there seem to be any sort of common theme or common I, I don't know advice that comes through from people you've interviewed for people you know who from those who've who've been there
1: and done that Absolutely I mean one of the questions I ask to to everybody really is you know if you if, what are the two top you know the two or three top tips that you would give young musicians or you would give yourself looking back you know uh, if you could hypothetically um and the general themes that come up are Um, professionalism know your stuff go into you know it's uh, go into rehearsals knowing everything inside out Um, as well as much as there is the kind of you know the sex drugs and rock and roll and that kind of cliche you've got to know your stuff as a session musician you've got to know um Every part inside out before you go into there, um, or know that you all know the songs inside out. Um, hard work and also like not giving up as well. And um, it's really easy for musicians, and I can speak for myself. You get to a certain age and you think, you know what? I've been hammering away at this for so long. But it's all about not giving up and kind of breaking through because at the point that you're ready to give up is probably when you're most qualified to then go into the music mm. industry because you've been doing it for so long and you're experienced. Um, also, um, one thing that's really interesting is a lot of people say you've got to tap into different types of music so don't see it as like I'm going to play the music that I particularly enjoy or I particularly enjoy listening to or enjoy playing that's great but also have the adaptability to be able to play different styles and because you will learn stuff and those skills will be transferable from different genres and you'll need to tap into that when you are a session musician working with different musicians who are doing different things
0: Mm -hmm. So you've got the Mike Farrell one coming up on Monday which is going to be a good listen particularly looking forward to uh, to hearing how he responded to uh, to that uh, probing question uh, about uh, American Idol.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry, I had to I had to think there because there's so many of
1: these um, He's the expector, re- isn't yeah. yeah. He's a musical director on American Idol as well as doing his other stuff, yeah, that's right. Um just remind us how people can listen. Um it's uh you can Download the episodes for free on iTunes um, or you can go to our website, which is Um They're actually on YouTube as well. So just give a shout out to my friend Andy Phelan, who uh, has uploaded them onto YouTube for us as well. Um, and follow us on Twitter, stageleftpod uh, on Facebook. Facebook.com, um, uh, the Stage Left Podcast. And have you got
0: any others sort of lined up, you know, waiting in the
1: wings? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this evening I'm interviewing – it's a really big deal this evening. I'm interviewing um, – Uh, a lady called Jennifer Batten who... um if anybody remembers uh, the Michael Jackson's live performances he had this uh, lead guitarist um, who she was quite memorable because she had great big blonde hair and um, she uh, was an incredible player and she, I'm interviewing her tonight which is such a huge deal for me because I went to see Michael Jackson on the Bad Tour which was the kind of the, the most it, fun funny enough Cheryl Crow was singing backing vocals on that really? tour Yeah, and it's kind of thought of as like one of the greatest musical tours from the lighting director to the bassist everybody was on the on their game and she was lead guitarist and um i went to that when i was four and a half years old so i don't really remember the actual gig uh, itself um i just remember hiding behind my mum when thriller started because i thought michael jackson was actually going to turn into a werewolf (laughs) um and uh but i've obviously watched it all back and she she played with him for 10 years she actually played at the super bowl uh, which is the highest tv audience of all time even now wow um which is something like like, like over a billion people were watching it worldwide that's phenomenal um, you, you, can't, you can't get your head around that can you yeah and she kind of made her he kind of made her sense so he did black or white um, and also she played on like Dirty Diana so he kind of gave her the spotlight and was, uh, she's very mem- I think a lot of your listeners will, will actually remember if you if you kind of type in Jennifer Batten um, and so I'm interviewing her tonight so I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that Chris
0: it seems that a theme that has come come through from from your interviews with, with these various people is is hard work and persistence to 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 really break into the industry, you're clearly um, working incredibly hard with these with these podcasts, uh, but absolutely well worth it. You must be absolutely thrilled to be uh, to be chatting with Jennifer later on.
1: It's it's, it's great I mean I, I, unfortunately you do, you, it's very difficult to make say a living out of doing podcasts. So I do actually it's not what it's about job. though is it? Absolutely not I mean um, you know I have a full time job so I have to release the episodes fortnightly um, because it's to doing all the edit and the marketing and stuff like that is very time consuming but I love it and I think that there will be you know uh, people will be listening to this hopefully for a long time because it's, it's a great Vaunt, you know, insight into the working practices of some of the great, you know, the greats.
0: Chris, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. We do need to uh, to wind things up uh, there, but uh, we can't leave without playing one of well it was it was the biggest i think it's still the biggest selling album wasn't it thriller it is by miles as um, well yeah yeah and it's... that is going to take a lot of beating i mean particularly with the way that that the music industry has has changed since the 80s uh it, it possibly will never be beaten and uh, justifiably one of the uh, what well, well the biggest selling album of all time from well certainly one of the biggest uh, probably the most fa- one of the most famous people who's, who's ever lived really isn't he MJ? He,
1: he is and what you're going to hear now is actually Jennifer Batten playing um, Beat It uh, by Michael Jackson live um, at Wembley in 1988 um, and it's got a very famous solo that's really 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 hard to play um, by, it was originally by Eddie Van Halen and um, she actually did it her audition and that's how she got the gig with Michael Jackson and so this is her playing it live.
0: Chris thanks for joining us let's hear it now Oh, what a fantastic song. Beat it from Michael Jackson's Thriller, of course, his 1983 album. And on lead guitar there, the brilliant Jennifer Batten. What an amazing piece of guitar playing that was. And Jennifer is going to be chatting uh, with my guest this morning, Chris Simpson. And you will be able to hear that on one of his future podcasts. If you want to listen to our chat again this morning, if you missed any of it or you just want to hear it again, it will be up on our website a little bit later on, PhoenixF. Follow the link through two programmes and feel
2: good Saturday. (laughs)